does hope weave itself into your daily life? Welcome to the Parable Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Zapchank, and today I'd love to share with you one of my recent messages from our home church as we take a little holiday break here at the Parable Podcast. Don't worry, our parable stories will resume next week, but in the meantime, please enjoy this message on hope wherever it may find you today. Happy New Year to everybody. Today we're going to talk about that there is magic in finding hope. Magic not in the sense of sleight of hand or making a semi-truck disappear, but magic of the unseen, the unreal. Like, how did that happen? That kind of magic that you can look back and say, that was only God. As we wrap up this series, we've looked at the magic of finding Jesus, joy, peace, meaning, and so before 2023 ends, we're gonna dig into hope. I don't know about you, but I found that I use the word hope a lot, too many times than I realize. It's a word that seems to pop out in the things that I say, how I text people, how I feel, like I hope my package from Amazon arrives on time. I hope the chicken is defrosted before dinner comes. I hope my plans don't change. I hope you heal so-and-so. I hope today is better than yesterday. I hope you're there, God. Hope can come in many forms, and for such a small word, it holds a huge weight and expectation. As the great scholar Ferris Bueller once said, Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. And I think the same is true for hope. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you're going to miss it. It's everywhere. And today we're going to look at how hope can be discovered in the long-awaited. It can be newfound. And sometimes it can be borrowed when we need it the most. There's magic in finding the hope that we need. I don't think anyone likes waiting. Nevertheless, when this happens to me, I just kind of try to tell myself like, okay, I'm just gonna just get a test of patience today. So just try to go with the flow. A couple years ago, we were in the Myrtle Beach area. We were at this awesome like go-kart track area, but I didn't want to spend a small mortgage payment on lunch. So we decided to go down the street to a Wendy's and I'm like, oh, it's gonna be a quick lunch, right? Well, there was a line inside, and it was about lunchtime, so I was like, okay, Eric, you go grab a table with the kids, and I'll just wait here. And I was waiting, and I was waiting, and I was waiting, and I thought, um, you know, it's getting much busier in here, but no food is coming out of the window, and people were getting angry, and I could desperately see that people were short on staff. Um, And every few minutes, I thought to myself, okay, if I get out of this line, is this the time that's now gonna start moving? You know, so I just kind of vacillated over that over and over, and then an hour passed, and I finally ordered, we finally got our uh, lunch, and we vowed never to come back to that location again. We've all had a moment like that, though, where we've questioned, like, is this really worth the wait? And for Wendy's Frosty, Probably not, okay? But I believe that we all have these stories and moments in our life that we can look back at hindsight and say, yes, I see it now. I didn't understand then, but God did. 
So the first kind of thing that we're gonna look at is awaited hope. When I look back and reflect, that's when I'm most encouraged, and I know that even in the slowness and the waiting, that God was still working. In the Old Testament, prior to Jesus being born, the Israelites, they were an oppressed people. They were hoping for what the prophets were saying that were going to come to fruition, that there would be a redeemer, a messiah, somebody who would set them free. So in Psalms 135 through seven, you can just hear their hearts cry in this. So I wait for the eternal. My soul awaits rescue and I put my hope in his transforming word. My soul waits for the Lord to break into this world. Oh, Israel, ground your hope in the eternal for the eternal lives the most loyal love and with him comes the most abundant redemption. The magic of finding awaited hope is found in this verse, which points us to waiting and hope and how they are tied together. So the Hebrew word for hope in this passage is kavah, which means to wait actively with anticipation and hopefully watching God to act. Can you imagine living your entire life holding on to that kind of hope? Maybe you're there right now. How many times have you questioned God? How many times have you wanted to give up? How many times have you prayed that same old prayer and for you it just feels like you're begging? We have a glimpse of that into the Bible in Luke chapter two where we find Simeon and Anna and this was a few weeks after Jesus was born and Mary and Joseph brought the baby Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem and this was customary for every Israelite to present their firstborn male to the Lord. It's kind of like a baby dedication. And as they entered the temple, an older man named Simeon saw the young couple and Simeon had felt compelled to go there that day And he loved God. He was just like all the other Israelites, waiting for liberation. And he was told by the Holy Spirit that before he dies, that he's going to see the Lord's anointed one. So today was the day. And I don't know how, but he just knew in that moment when he saw that little baby, that he knew that that was the son of God. So Simeon, he ran over to Mary and Joseph and he took that baby in his arms and I kind of just imagine it to like Pride Rock and Lion King. Oh, Sibenia, you know? Maybe not that exaggeratory, but um, he saw freedom in that baby's eyes. Simeon was able to physically hold the promise of the awaited one, the awaited hope and liberation in his very arms. And then he proceeded to share his predictions with Mary and Joseph of who Jesus would become. And while they were flabbergasted, another woman stood up from the crowd and at 84 years old, Anna went forward giving thanks to God. And then she went on to continue to share that hope with anyone she met for the rest of her life. Generations even before Simeon and Anna read these same Psalms, Over and over, my soul waits for the Lord to break into the world. Oh, Israel, ground your hope in the eternal. Kavah has to do with waiting for, looking for. And maybe you're in a season of awaiting hope, waiting for a diagnosis, waiting for the turmoil to end for our brothers and sisters around the world. 
waiting and crying out for change. I'm not gonna tell you today that if you just pray enough, you just drop some money in the bag today, that things are magically gonna change, because sometimes they're not. But what I do want you to know is that you are not alone, because there's many of us in this room, generations even before us, that people were awaiting change. People in the Bible, that their stories, they were never even recorded. Their job was to wait. And while this wait seems unnecessary, it's in moments like these that we start to strengthen and we continue to gather trust in God. That's how we learn, that's how we grow our faith rather than just having somebody handing our faith. It is built by us, a faith relationship that is your own. I don't think it's a mistake that God used two senior citizens to mark this moment in the temple. It's a testament to the faithfulness found in hope so that one day, after the awaited hope has finally come to an end, we are like Simeon and Anna and we can see the fullness of God and what he has done in our life. We worship God in gratitude and we have realized that there is magic in awaited hope. Many of us, I feel like, have a little bit of misused hope in our life, and in doing so, there's this weird feeling that feels incomplete, right? It's because we put our trust and our confidence in the things of this world. We get burnout on hope in others because at the end of the day, we're all human, right? We're gonna make mistakes. Or we put our hope in that, okay, I'm just gonna make this New Year's resolution, and then we're disappointed when we can't follow through. I'm gonna to admit to you the other night, I was on the way uh, driving to pick up our daughter Edie from volleyball, and I was super engrossed in my true crime podcast at the moment, and I may have not stopped fully at a stop sign. So I was driving, and I'm driving and driving, and it's like, it's pretty dark out, and I just see these blue and red lights behind me, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I wonder where they're going. It's like after nine. And I realize it is for me. And I pull over, and I, um, I just, it, like, it dawned on me uh, that I, my neglect, and so I was honest. I said, hey, I, I think I didn't stop at the stop sign. And the officer, he was super patient. Um, but I grabbed my insurance card, and I neglected to realize that it was from 2021. Okay, just a couple years off. We have insurance, it's okay. I just didn't put the card where it's supposed to be. And he was so patient because as adults, I decided I'm like, I'm gonna log into the app that I never put on my phone that I said I was gonna do. Um, but now I just need to remember the password. And as adults, we have to remember 25,000 unique alphanumeric passwords. And I could feel the nerves like coursing through my body and I just couldn't remember anything. Thankfully, he gave me directions on how to present my insurance card at the courthouse, so I am cleared to be here today. Um, and there was like this surge of hope this night, and it was a hope that like, I know I have this card, that hope first, and then it was a newfound hope that I found out that my name could be cleared and everything was gonna be just fine. 
The magic of finding newfound hope can be like that. It comes as a time of refreshment, a reprieve, a beautiful moment to find something we didn't even know existed or that we even needed. Have you experienced that before? I grew up going to church on Sundays, but when I was in fifth grade, we moved and everything changed for me. We started going to a church that believed in a relationship with Jesus over religion. As a young girl, I discovered the newfound hope that in Jesus that I didn't even know was possible. I knew God actually cared about me, what I was feeling, what I hoped for even as a 10-year-old girl. And I would say that even 30 years later, I am still discovering the magic of newfound hope every day. I like what it says in the book of Lamentations. It shares, in gaining hope, I remember and I wait for this thought. How enduring is God's loyal love? The eternal has inexhaustible compassion. Here they are, every morning new. It's those new mercies. And the, the book of Lamentations, if you're not familiar, it's all about grief. It's not a happy read. But in the midst of the turmoil, this author, there is new hope found in discovered every single morning. God is still sharing his love with us because he is so compassionate in that way, even when we don't expect it. My encouragement to you would be to ask God to open up your heart, open up your ears, open up your eyes to see the little glimmers of hope all around you. It's kind of like little breadcrumbs God is dropping that is drawing us back towards him. Finally, there is magic in finding borrowed hope. I believe sharing hope with others changes not only other people's trajectory, but our hope trajectory as well. My friend Kelly experienced something very traumatic that left her hope shattered. She found herself one morning when she was in college, she slipped across the street to a little church across from her dorm room, and she sat in the back row and she listened to a woman share her story that was very similar to her own. It resonated with Kelly in a way that right after the service was done, she made a beeline right to her, and they connected afterwards. Because of that woman's story, Kelly was able to begin to see that if God had brought this woman through a very similar circumstance, he could do it for Kelly as well. In this conversation, there was this passing of hope from one person to another. It's just like a relay race. A baton is passed on to the next runner, an extension of someone else's story. It's giving a little bit of borrowed hope to the other. That idea of someone grabbing onto hope is so beautiful, and that's why it says in Hebrews, we who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab promised hope with both hands and never let it go. So if we geek out here for a second, the Hebrew feminine translation of kava is tikva, and which is described as combining multiple strands and coiling those into a single, much stronger cable, something you can grab hold of. Tikva, you can grab hold of it. And that is the magic of finding borrowed hope to continue to gather, collect those different stories, that encouragement that somebody said. You can see these glimpses of God as different strands binding itself together 
so that we can hold on to it as we move forward in life. It's allowing space for others to borrow hope to hold on to in a season where we didn't know we even needed it. I think my friend Joy, she wrote this in a, a blog this week. She says, in the face of adversity and pain, we can grab a hold to this promise and we can cling to tikva, which acts as a cord that tethers us to the throne of God when we don't have the capacity to see a different future. If you're at a place where you cannot see a different future right now, you are unaware and wondering what is happening in 2024, I would encourage you to grab onto someone else's hope so that you can be strengthened. Many people feel that flicker of hope when a new year comes, right? It's the restart of a new year, a hope that this year is going to be better than the last. And so I would encourage you to find the magic of hope in 2024, because that's what's really going to last. So here's a few ideas of how you can implement this. Number one, just ask for hope. The other week I found myself asking for hope and I felt like I was really being like a needy kid about it. Like I was just like, how many times are you gonna ask God for hope? And as I waited, I thought, should I be asking this? Should I keep asking? But we have a father that longs for us to draw closer to him, to keep calling out, to reaching out our arms and saying, dad, I need your help. To continue to gather our trust in him little by little. And it may not be the outcome that we imagine, but he's allowing us to develop our faith and trust in him day by day in hope. Number two is to pay attention. I've really tried to pay attention to the Holy Spirit in the last couple of years. And all I mean is that, like when I come up with a great idea or somebody says something and it triggers something in my brain, instead of being like, oh, Danielle, that's such a great idea. I'm like, oh, maybe like God's nudging me in a way. So recognizing that maybe those great ideas that pop in your head, maybe they're not by your own doing. If you notice yourself eagerly awaiting something or there's excitement, I want you to pay attention to that. There's a newfound hope that is happening in that moment. Be aware of the little things and thank God for the moments of hope and that the trust you are building with him. And finally is borrow hope. Whether this is from a conversation from a friend or maybe you're standing in line at Wendy's and you overhear someone else's. Maybe God points you to a story or a verse in the Bible It's okay to borrow hope if you're in a season where you need to grab onto it the most. And who knows? You're most likely gonna be able to do that for someone down the road as well. This world is really hard, right? We all need hope and it's tiring running around, spending so much time looking for it. But hope has been there all along. Every single hope can be directed back to Jesus. And that's why if we look at the entire verse from Hebrews, it says, we who have run our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. And it continues on. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline reaching past all appearances right to the very presence of God where Jesus, he's running 
ahead of us. He's ahead of us in the relay. He was the awaited hope of Simeon and generations of people waiting for a king to liberate them from oppression. He is the newfound hope in the relationship that we now can have with him. And Jesus extends borrowed hope to us before we even took our first breath. He chose to die for each of us. And he is the hope that we cling to as we leave this world and we get to forever spend it in eternity with him. It's unreal and it's unseen. And if you don't stop and look around once in a while, you're gonna miss it. The magic in finding hope is and always will be found in Jesus. Thank you so much for listening. Here is just one really big reflection question for you. Take a few minutes to think and journal about past, present, and future hopes. How has God been in your past? How is he there currently? And how is he going to be there in your future? Because we know that he is hope. We have some great episodes coming up for you this January. In the next two weeks, you're going to get to hear from my friend Maggie, share about disentangling fear. And then Carly, how about she ditches perfection? We thank you so much for supporting the Parable Podcast. We are grateful for you listening and learning from all of these parable stories. Please share with a friend or leave a rating or review wherever you listen. And here is to a new year. Thank you to my technical producer of a husband, Eric, for making me sound great. That's going to do it for today. I'm grateful that you took the time to spend it with me. Remember, your parable showcases how God is truly perpetual hope. We'll see you back again next week on the Parable Podcast. Oh, 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 oh